Hey everyone, welcome to episode 30 of Layout. Today we're going to talk about something that apparently is called dark patterns, which is is annoying things like huge pop-up windows, paywalls, automatically charging your credit card after a free trial, stuff like that. It's called dark patterns and we have a pretty cool uh, conversation about it. And at the end, we also geek out a bit about the rumors of the iPhone 7 dual camera lens. This episode is sponsored once again by Mobex. So with that said, let's get to the show. So you woke up at 4 a.m. <laughs> I did. You're crazy enough to do that. It wasn't something that I planned. And it's funny because it was like the same week we recorded last episode where we talked about the 4 a.m. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I did. Woke up, I woke up at, fi- at 4 a.m. last uh, Friday. And crap. it was because I had to. Right. Kind of. Like I needed time, I really need to work and get the other super early. So the earliest I could wake up, like it's more time. So 4 a.m. sounded like, because usually I wake up at 5 something. So if I wanted to wake up early, 4 is like the next level. Right, yeah. So I did that. <laughs> it it sucks. Like <laughs> Actually, there's a big difference between waking up uh, at 4 or at 5. I can't really put my finger on it, but... It's like we we mentioned last week, like 4 a.m. is not, it's like, it's exactly in the middle, like it's 4 a.m. is super late and it's super early, right? Right, yeah. It's exactly in the middle. So 5 a.m. leans more to the, it's super early side. Mm -hmm. And 4 a.m., so what happened was I left, like I got here at the office around like 4.20, 4.30 and that's still a very popular time for people to be out. And like I mentioned, like uh, the office is like downtown where the nightlife happens in the city. So it was super awkward and dangerous because <laughs> I was riding my booster board. It's still pitch black. Um, it's super dark outside. And I'm basically riding through one of the busiest uh, streets nightlife happens it sucked like it's it's still very much night time uh were there some people out and about or (laughs) was it like yeah yeah. ghost down no 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 a lot of people outside drinking everyone's drunk at four at four yeah holy crap portugal uh yeah like i don't know like a hundred people here whoa Uh, everyone's drunk uh of course (laughs) They're not expecting to see someone riding an electric skateboard at 4 a.m. So, uh, of course, they, they shouted something. I mean, I was wearing headphones. Like, I, I, I didn't stop to ask, uh, what did you say? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> nice person. Uh, so, like, it, it was kind of dangerous. Like, you know, it's yeah. drunk people are unpredictable. So, I was like, uh, I mean, let me get I, I don't even think possible. I could like, get to the office at 4 a.m. Like, because I, I need to take public transportation because I live, like pretty far from the office and there's no parking oh. anywhere um so yeah I, I like i don't even think like that would be possible for me to do that but you were yeah, you were we- using your boosted board right 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 <laughs> yeah so this is another way in which the boosted board is a superior mode of transportation <laughs> <laughs> yes I, i'll vouch for that <laughs> yeah so yeah how was it like like once you Got got to the office, sat down, um, turned on the lights, <laughs> got a cup of <laughs> coffee, I imagine. Yep. 
like how was it like was it the most productive time you've ever like experienced or was it hard like so it was <laughs> but i don't want to give full credit for the fact that it was 4 a.m because again this was like an exception i had a lot of stuff to do uh so i think that also motivated me because i really had to do i really had to work a lot uh, i was on a deadline so that helped but for sure like <laughs> actually no i'm gonna say that <laughs> when it comes just i don't know how it feels like uh, for me here again because at 4 a.m there's still people outside drunk <laughs> and there's uh, <laughs> glass bottles breaking every time so it's not as calm and silent right, okay. as maybe five or six so if you uh, want to try it my advice is don't it sucks <laughs> uh, especially so, if you have wait, to leave the what, house what time did you go to bed that day uh like midnight whoa yeah again it was an exception um so i i, I don't want to be like coy but so i had i had this deadline i had to i had to work on something that i can't really uh talk about right now mm -hmm. but so i had this thing to do i had to do this thing before people in san francisco woke up so that means around 2 p.m here right yeah so i had to work i have to finish this until 2 p.m ish so you basically got people... in a full day with a work <laughs> between 2 p.m right? yeah uh so i worked like 10 hours straight super productive like non-stop 10 hours and then at the end of those 10 hours i started my full-time job <laughs> my, oh my God. Normal <laughs> it's not great it's 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 bad don't do it if you can mm -hmm. but yeah it, it's an experience how i don't, I don't <laughs> know if you want to talk about this but how did you feel your productivity level was when you started your real job pretty bad of course uh, I drank three Red Bulls that <laughs> afternoon. Uh, it was bad. Not as bad as I would right. expect. Yeah. But, yeah, pretty bad. And I mean, I, I guess you did it the right way, which is go still go to bed not super early. Because if you went to bed at like 8 p.m., then mm -hmm. like you would have woken up again super early. Versus like if you yeah. if you go to bed late still like it's it's hard to like get to to that point but after that you're kind of like reset on the normal cycle right and it was friday so i did have the weekend to kind of like yeah also yeah rest, best so. time to experiment <laughs> so nice well we were able to uh field test <laughs> we talked about last <laughs> week so i don't know if anyone yeah. wants to try it <laughs> don't let us know how it goes but you probably shouldn't. All right. So we also have uh, a bit of uh, fo uh, follow-up on uh, notebooks. Our friend uh, Kyle Mitchell sent us a, a really nice link uh, to Bullet Journal. Had you, had you seen this before? Uh, no. no. So basically, if I'm able to sum summarize it, it's this uh, system for people who use notebooks to basically... Uh, like annotate um, different kind of uh, either tasks or events or deadlines that are going to happen. And it's, yeah, it's kind of a framework so that like if you use that, you stay consistent with it, um, then there's a really like clear, uh, clear codes that you can use. Uh, and that way, you know what everything is. 
Is that like a fair summary? And I mean, there's yeah, more yeah. to that than like what I just said. Like it's very comprehensive. Can even like do a some sort of like calendar thing. Do like month, monthly log, uh, daily logs. Yeah, it's a system for you to just write it on a notebook. And I, I mean like a physical notebook, like pen and paper. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> where you can have like uh, like tasks, it's like with an X or you put like a, a uh, like if it's an event, you just do a little circle, like notes with a dash. So that kind of thing. And it's it's pretty cool. It's, it's very clean and, and I, I like it. I mean, I geek out on this. Mm-hmm. about this but i'm gonna try to use it the thing i do use is just so i don't like separate thing into like tasks or events or notes or whatever so i just have like a a, a list of things that i have to do and i just started with a simple dash like a horizontal dash right and when i when i finish it or complete it or whatever i just write like a like a, a plus sign like a, a vertical line so i have like Plus signs and just minus signs. That's how I go by. Okay. But I'm going to try this. Huh. Interesting. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I I do like crazy stuff with my to-dos. Um, so like I do like check oh, marks. Use markers. And yeah, I always put colors and stuff like that. Um, so like if I'm taking notes, this is like kind of like one workshop that we had. I don't know. This is probably not good uh, podcasting, but... Uh, I'm trying to like make it nice and have like different styles for for each notes that I'm that I'm making. Uh, so this might be a good uh, a good way for me to kind of identify which ones are tasks and which ones are notes. Um, one thing I found I found was funny about the website um, is they have this uh, migration section. Have did you see this? <laughs> If you scroll uh, down on the website, basically they, they show a list that is like uh, four bullets and they basically show you how like you can turn a, bu- a bullet into a greater than <laughs> sign, <laughs> like turn a bullet into oh, an X funny, yeah. and stuff like that. It's, it's very much like uh, taking a, no- a paper notebook, like the same way you would treat a like computer system, like inside an app or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah. Okay. So th- this really is pretty off topic, but I, I want to ask you, do you write like on the two sides of a page? No, only write one side. Okay. Okay. Me too. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> yes. Um, Gosh. yeah. My notes look super ugly. Look at this shit. I don't even know what this is. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Donut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah one one like downside of doing my style which is like very clean and very i don't know like almost designed in a way like mm-hmm. um i i pick like a certain style and like sometimes i i'll do like you know the uh reminders app how they do uh like ch- like check marks or whatever like it's circle mm-hmm. and just a dot inside of it like sometimes i'll do that style sometimes i'll do like a checkbox <laughs> sometimes i'll do like i don't know i'll try different things just for fun uh but the downside of that is that sometimes i'll have like something that i want to write down that like is just like a random thought that doesn't fit anywhere and i'm like I don't know what to do with it because it's going to look gross <laughs> in my notebook. Um, anyways. <laughs> so, yeah. This is, like, totally the most, like, designer-y thing <laughs> that I do, probably. 
but hey, this is, the right um, place for it. this is just how I am. Um, and whenever I want to think about something, it like totally helps me out to just be like drawing and like coloring stuff in mm -hmm. for some reason. Um, so yeah, that makes sense. Hey, what about uh, that uh, crazy like Twitter doppelganger thing? Did did you figure that out? Yes. <laughs> Um, so this is pretty crazy. Uh, so if you remember last week, I talked about how I'm doing this designer event and I, I totally forgot to create the Twitter account. Uh, and when I came back to Twitter and tried to create the account, the account was already taken. There was already someone using that name and they were using our pictures from my event <laughs> to promote the event, which like, I mean, all the tweets were, were great. Like they were fine. Um, but it, it was just like a little weird. That it was kind of like coming from me. <laughs> uh, and there was, there were some people who like started following the account and stuff like that, thinking it was me. Um, which is like where I started like thinking, uh, you know what? Like maybe this is not a fun thing to happen. Um, <laughs> And so I tried to reach reaching out to that that uh, Twitter account, no reply or anything. And then I was like, my kind of like my last resort was okay. I'll try talking about it on the show, and we'll see what happens. Uh, and lo and behold, uh, someone, uh, a listener, sent me a uh, DM on Twitter sometimes this week, um, and basically said, hey the Twitter account you want is free. Like it's the account doesn't exist anymore. So hurry up, go and take it. Um, <laughs> so I was like, what? Uh, so I, I looked at it, account was deleted. I was able to grab it and now I have it. So, so do you, do you found out who it was? No. And honestly, like, I don't care. I don't want to know. Like, it's like, what am I going to do with that information anyways? Like that's that's fine. Like my my guess from the beginning was that it's it's someone who like has good intentions that like was there during the event that like did enjoy it and like really just wanted to help. Um, and like I mean like even if someone told me like yeah I did that, <laughs> it's like okay. Um, can we just like talk? <laughs> that's that's really all I wanted. Um, But, uh, so the person just deleted the account and I was able to, to grab it. So yeah, uh, the story ends well, uh, and I'm pretty happy about it. So yeah, thank you. If, uh, if you, if it was actually like a listener, um, in the show, uh, and when they heard the episode, they were like, oh crap, uh, I should fix that. I don't know. I don't know what happened, but yeah. Well, thanks. I'm glad it worked out in the end yeah i mean me the too. power of podcast yes <laughs> our <laughs> gigantic audience uh. <laughs> yes all right before we continue our discussion let me just quickly tell you about our sponsor today which is mobex which is a mobile ux summit Uh, it's going to happen in Berlin, Germany, next week. So it's going to be a one-day, a single-track conference uh, for interaction designers, for product designers, basically product people in general. So don't be afraid. It's not like a developer conference. Uh, if you're not a developer, it's 
right for you. It's going to take place September 9th, uh, which is next week in, again, Berlin, Germany. And they have fantastic speakers. Uh, you should check out their page. We're going to put a link in the show notes. Check all the speakers. I'm also going to be there. I'm going to give a talk. So if this sounds good to you and you want to high five me in real life, you should definitely grab some coffee. Uh, just go to mobxcon.com slash layout. I'm going to put a link in the show notes. And at checkout, if you do use the promo code layout, they're going to give you a 60 euro discount which is like almost 60 dollars that's a pretty pretty good discount um so yeah again thanks to mobx uh, for sponsoring layout okay i think that's it for follow-up right yep i mean that was a lot of follow-up do you want more <laughs> i think we're good i think, I think it's enough good. yeah all right our main topic for today is something that apparently is called dark patterns Ta-ta. Uh, do you want to sum it up or do you want me to sum it up? Uh, up to you. Yeah, you sum it up. You just read the article. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a grade based on if you got everything. <laughs> <laughs> Don't grade me. Okay. Oh, anyway, I'll try my best. So dark patterns, uh, is a thing that, uh, it's been around since forever. Uh, I just haven't heard this like definition for it. And I'm glad that there is one now, at least in my vocabulary. And it's something that designers have been forced to do since forever. And, and I'm quoting here from the article. So a dark pattern is a misleading or otherwise deceptive UI or UX decision that tries to exploit human psychology to get users to do the things they don't really want to do. So, for example... Uh, when you're reading your website and a giant pop-up saying sign up to our newsletter, um, that's a dark pattern. Or when LinkedIn sends an email and it appears that the email is coming from someone from your contact list and it's not, that's a dark pattern. <laughs> when companies and services websites say free trial and you put your credit card and it's a free trial, but at the end of that free trial, they're going to charge you automatically uh, for a new subscription or whatever. That's a dark pattern, right? Mm -hmm. So yep. uh, the article that, that kind of like started this topic for us, it's an article on fast co-design. Uh, we're going to put a link in the show notes. Yeah, the show notes are at uh, layout.fm slash episodes slash 30. 30. Hey, we're on episode 30. I know. Is that a, is that a milestone? Or I, th no? I think the milestone is 25, but we missed it. <laughs> ah, crap. Yeah, we'll have to anyway. wait till 50. Jesus. Almost there. We can do that. Almost there. Yeah, almost there. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so dark patterns. I guess the first question is, why do they exist? Why do we do this? Even though I feel like in the back of our minds, we know the answer immediately. Um, but I, I feel like every single designer has struggled with this, which is like someone, a PM, a manager, someone higher up, kind of like asks you slash forces you to do something that you really don't want. I don't, I never met a designer or a developer in that case that like would love to make a giant pop-up saying sign up to our newsletter. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely one case when it does happen. Where it's like, you're just the executor. You're making the pop-up look pretty. And at that point, like, are you really like, impacting the product not really 
Um, no. And I think this is a very bad situation to find yourself in. If you do find yourself in that situation, I mean, I really think you should speak up. And if you're not listened, then like you should probably find another place to work. Because <laughs> honestly, like that's not the best environment. Um, and like really the reason why you're hired is to give your expertise and like help guide product decisions. And if like that, your company doesn't allow you to do that, like you should find another place. But to me, sort of the, the more interesting reason or like ways in which they happen is not when they're forced to, onto you by, by someone else, is when you sort of end up creating them. And I think, honestly, it happens to the best of us. Um, so like one, one example I would have of that is probably what happened um, with the Windows 10 upgrade flow. Uh, I don't mm -hmm. know if you've heard about this. Uh, my, my parents yeah. certainly called me <laughs> about this. Um, but basically, um, the, the idea was that they were uh, doing this big push. Uh, like They put in all that work into creating with Windows 10. Um, and honestly, I, I think it's safe to say that Windows 10 is a huge improvement over <laughs> uh, the previous version. Uh, Windows 8, I think. Uh, yeah, the skip nine. So, so much better. Um, you get your taskbar back. You get like, <laughs> it works like a Windows machine again. It's not trying to like force its weird like tablet UI onto you or anything. So Windows 10 is a really great upgrade for uh, Windows 10 users. And my guess in like to how like that whole fiasco happened. Um, and I guess I should describe uh, what happened. Uh, basically, they had uh, this modal, <laughs> which has uh, two buttons. One that says, upgrade now. Second one says, can you guess? <laughs> upgrade tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the two, two choices that you have. Well, I guess there's, I know about that. there's a third one, which is the X button, right? And what presented with that, like right in the middle of your work, let's say you're editing an Excel spreadsheet, you got this, this pop-up window. Because like, hmm. that's what you do in Windows? Yeah, ba yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's <laughs> what I imagine people do on Windows. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so <laughs> you have the choice be between upgrade now or upgrade tonight. And it's like, um, Neither of those options, <laughs> I don't care about your upgrade. I'm going to think my spreadsheet. So what most people did was click the X, right? Like that's, I mean, that's how, what you ex would expect to dismiss this. Mm -hmm. Except that <laughs> when you click the X, for them it meant, all right, install the upgrade. <laughs> so if you close out of the, this window, it will launch straight into the upgrade process. Um, oh, man. Which is very problematic <laughs> for many reasons. And I mean, within that upgrade process, there was, there was a way to then like exit out of that. Um, but it was mm. like pretty hidden. So anyways, a bunch of people ended up, one, like losing some work because it's rebooting your machine. 
mm-hmm. and kind of like accidentally upgrading and maybe some of their software doesn't work anymore because it uh, it's not compatible with the upgrade other problems like that or even just like users that aren't super like techie that like just that minor ui change like really confuses them um mm-hmm. uh so like <laughs> really bad experience for them uh but uh, so that's if you look at, look at it from the the like user angle. If you do look at it from like a designer standpoint, and from I, I'm imagining imagining the people on the team, they're looking at this like, okay, we have this Windows 10 upgrade that we've put so much effort into. It's so much better than Windows 8. Like, it's it's almost to the point where you're embarrassed. Uh, by all the people that are using Windows 8 because like Windows 10 is that much better. Um, and you genuinely believe that like if people start using Windows 10, this is going to make their lives better and it's going to make like using their computer better. And then you look at Windows upgrade numbers, right? Like fam- famously, Windows has always had terrible upgrades because people just like want to use their machine the, the way that it is and keep it like that forever. And they're seeing mm-hmm. what Apple's doing on their side and seeing like, like two months after the upgrade is released that like 80% of their users are using it. Like I really think we're doing something good here. Um, and this is why I think this, this dark pattern happened. It was someone with the best intentions that like, really meant well and wanted to help the users. And I, I do think that for most people, upgrading is the right decision, right? Like, it's the right thing to do. But like, it's not for everyone, right? And I mean, what they, they fell into is, is a, a trap that I, I see a lot of people falling into, which is like, kind of overemphasizing on like one metric and like that kind of explanation doesn't come from me. It comes from uh, uh, Cynthia, a coworker of mine. And basically I, I, I can like quote her uh, in like one conversation that we had. Uh, I, I literally wrote this down because this was the first time I heard it uh, phrased this way, but I think it's, it's like a really good way to phrase it um, is that, uh, Dark patterns emerge when you optimize for a single metric. So for example, if you optimize for just the open rate, then maybe you start like making clickbait articles and like you wouldn't believe all the things that uh, you will be able to learn in this article and stuff like that. Like, which is mm-hmm. like really terrible. Uh, if you optimize for conversion, well, maybe you have like a gigantic checkout button or something like that. Um, if you optimize for time spent on the page, like you could, I don't know, like add some like delay or loading time that doesn't need to be there. Um, a little bit like, I mean, that's not what they use it for, but, um, like when we talked about that article that like Facebook is like artificially adding time, uh, to an interface, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like then those would be great ways to optimize for that one metric. But that's not how you craft an experience. Uh, and that's where like, you lose sight of the, the real end goal here. Um, the same way that like, p- people that were working on that Windows 10 upgrade flow, right? Like, the, the goal here isn't to make everyone upgrade to Windows 10. 
the goal, the the end goal is to make everyone have a great experience using their computers, and that's kind of where they they failed. And if you frame kind of the goal in that way, then you you'd say like, oh wait, like maybe this onboarding flow doesn't make a lot of sense because what if you don't want to upgrade, <laughs> right? Um, so yeah, and I mean, <laughs> it's it's not like. Windows is the only one that's doing this, right? <laughs> like, I I keep making fun of Windows users, but I mean we have the same thing on OS ten, <laughs> like that, uh, up like that upgrade notification. I was like, mm -hmm. either install now or install later. It's like where is the like never install <laughs> or bother me about this again button? Like, yeah, they, they don't even have that. Yeah, I feel like almost every company does this in some kind of form right because that's for the good or the bad that's how most people like measure success measure uh improvements and all is through those metrics right and like of course apple and windows and all they want like a big conversion rate like they want people to to install the new os and they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna fight for it they, they want those numbers because that's what they can say at the keynote um, yeah. look at all our upgrade numbers uh, like because that's what they need like to measure success right because you, you yeah. don't like you don't and, and i think it's probably kind of a a failure in the way that projects are set up uh and i mean i i think like we even have similar stuff here at shopify but um like the way that's the way that most like product team works is you have a, a team that's going to be working on that one feature. And once that feature ships, then you're going to like stick around for like a couple weeks and make sure everything works fine. Look at the metrics, see okay, is the project a success or a failure, and then kind of iterate based on that. But then once you've got basically those initial like, yep, okay, this is a, this is meeting our expectations. We have like the, the metrics are, are going up, like everything is good then the team is just going to move on, right? Mm. Um, and instead, what would be interesting would be to look at things over more of a long term and say, okay, like not only track like those like data points, but also see what, how, how people, like the more qualitative metrics, like how do people feel about like this upgrade? Um, do they like it? Like is, was that something that they felt forced to do? Um, did they like kind of like resent the company <laughs> after like this upgrade because they're like, oh no, like I won't ever like connect my computer to the internet anymore because I'm afraid it's gonna change everything under me. <laughs> like, um, we need and to be more aware point. of these things. And, and to be honest, it's something that I, I man, I feel the pain uh, every week. Like there's some kind of scenario like this one where there's this type of discussion. Uh, happening i feel like the problem is like design and experience is something of course super important in every kind of product um but i think you would agree that the focus and the the weight given to design in a company in a product is like getting bigger and bigger like yes. i would say like 20 20 well i don't need to go back the, uh, like five years 10 years ago 10 years ago that's a good <laughs> Sorry, number. 10 years ago it wasn't as common to have 
as many designers and these conversations and all happening inside a company. So there's this shift. Uh, we are leaning towards this, like the, the experience is, is becoming more important. Uh, and it always has been important, but people just didn't realize it, right? Yeah. So now we are realizing it. But still, still, most companies, like the, the huge majority of companies, are still very driven by data, and, which is valid and is super important. But, but data is something that, like, you can't have data for every single thing. Um, it's very hard to have on a spreadsheet saying how customers feel like when using your product right and and these especially like in this tech scene the startups that they are constantly on a schedule like they're on a deadline uh, they have very limited funds they have to do it everything like super fast and get adoption and growth super fast and they are going to lean towards these dark patterns in this type of behaviors to improve those metrics because that's mm -hmm. those metrics are the, the the data that they can uh they can show to their investors they can show to their to their board right that's what they want to see if you go like hey uh we spent two years working on this um user growth and engagement hasn't gone haven't gone up that much but our existing users love it like yeah well thanks but that's not enough uh, I would say like for most companies that's not enough and like these dark patterns they are great at very short term things yes. like let's say like Pinterest they have that stupid blur in the background and saying sign up to see more or whatever yes um, so annoying like, I even have a Pinterest account but like sometimes I just want to see yeah. more and I don't want to log in I know I know and, so and it's like uh, Quora God, if, so if it, yeah, Quora, Jesus. Like, I did ended up creating a Quora account or whatever because I wanted to see that. So that dark pattern worked. Like, it got my, uh. my conversion. Like, I signed up for it because I wanted to see the content. But the experience, like, I hate them for that. I still do. Like, oh, Jesus, but, but man, like, that's okay, not so cool. Let's, let's imagine there, there was a Quora competitor that comes out and it's like almost the same, but it doesn't have those shady practices. Totally a hypothetical here, but people like could start using another product because of, uh, because of these things, because they're just so frustrated. Like, or same, same thing with the, the windows upgrade that they're like, you know what? I'm fed up with this. Like, this is terrible. Like I've, I've had enough of all the like windows bullshit. I'm going to get an iPad instead. But most of the time, the companies and the products that uses, use these dark patterns, they are like the big ones. Like users, window users, window, Windows <laughs> users, uh, they probably hate Microsoft for doing that. I've seen all the tweets. I've seen, I mean, there's parodies on YouTube, like uh, <laughs> people like on television live, like doing the weather forecast or something and the screen goes like there's a pop up to upgrade. Mm. Like. There's a meme behind it. People hate it, but they're not going to switch because what? Like, you know, they're the office suite and all the apps that they are accustomed to, they don't, like, they can't just switch to a Mac and everything's going to be fine. There's still a lot of... Yeah, I mean, it's 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 totally a oversimplification, but I think these things add up, right? So, like, any single one is not, like, is not going to be a big deal, but... If you start down that path 
then like where do you stop right like and usually it doesn't stop because if you create a culture in which those things are accepted then like if people are just gonna use them more and more and then it, it like the product just becomes horrible to use and that like to me that's where it like becomes like, yeah but i don't think uh, here's the problem like let's take quora again i'm a user i'm on quora's website i see that stupid paywall thing for the hundredth time mm-hmm. and i f- i'm so fed up i hate them but i i really need to see that content so i ended up creating an account the data points that they have is we have one new account they don't have a data point saying that we have one user that is completely mad and angry they don't have that data point so that whole experience for them it's a positive experience they have one new member one new but is it though whatever like it, i mean <laughs> If you, okay, let, let's say you had to post, for some reason, uh, like an answer to some, some question that you know a lot about. <laughs> I don't know, very hypothetical here. But um, would you think like, oh, I'm going to go on and post it on, on Quora? You'd probably say if like... If I wanted the ah, engagement? You'd probably yeah. say like, oh, like, you know what? I'm just going to post it on Medium. Because Medium is going to be way, way simpler and I'm going to get maybe even more people there, right? And they're not going to do those, those like shady practices. Yeah, in the long term, maybe, but still they have all the content. They have people there. Like, that's they have very some hard content, to but like, again, that's, that's short term, right? Like long term, is there going to be more people that are going to be posting on Quora? Yes oh, or yeah. no? I do believe that the answer is no. Like if you do these things like it's it's totally gonna like increase your revenue it's totally gonna increase the number of users over the short term but over the long term like users like when they see something that they don't like they're gonna tell everyone about it right like mm-hmm. that that's why you see like those one star reviews about it on the podcast and stuff like that for even like silliest things like they people are gonna put a one star review because an amazing app doesn't have like this one like super obscure feature. Like this is the length that people are gonna are willing to go through to make mm-hmm. companies stop doing like things they don't like, uh, or I mean, in that case, adding features <laughs> that they want to be added. Um, but to me, like it, it just creates more kind of like negative uh, like publicity around like kind of your product and like you could say any publicity is good publicity but uh, like i i do believe that over over time like the but you know what that 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 takes time to filter down to like the average your average user yeah yeah because we are designers we are very very aware and sensitive to to this type of, of behaviors from companies like like take LinkedIn, which in my opinion is one of the worst experience on the web since forever. Yep. One of the most disgusting behaviors, like with the emails thing, I still get emails from LinkedIn every single day. There was this one time where I was trying to like make a point at this old company I was working at <laughs> and like I deleted my LinkedIn account. And that's not going to account settings delete. No, you have to do a whole yeah, bunch of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, same here. I rage deleted my LinkedIn account. Yeah, I deleted my LinkedIn account. I still get those emails. Um, 
So their whole behavior is super, it's like, it's disgusting in my opinion. But, and they were bought by Microsoft, so I don't, <laughs> uh, I don't want to go there. <laughs> so uh, people, like, if, if you want to have a professional connection to a lot of people, probably, because people just use LinkedIn when either you're looking for a job or if you work at an old school company, you're looking to hire someone. Um, there's no alternative, really, for the average consumer, for the average user. There's no alternative still to LinkedIn. Why? Because there, it's definitely super easy to create like a, a, a similar product with a wow. way better experience. But they do have all of that user base that it's very hard to move over. So, but um, what I would argue is that they're successful despite some of those <laughs> dark patterns, right? Like it, it's yeah, like the king of dark patterns. The dark patterns are a downside, but like even like with that, because they were able to get so many people, and like they like honestly like they do provide a value because um, lots of recruiters are on there and are looking for mm -hmm. people that like despite that fact even if they have all these dark patterns it's still like it still remains relevant but i i, f I feel like if you were to improve that experience and like remove some of those dark patterns it would actually create a better experience and more people would want to use it yeah but their metrics would go down in the short term mm. and all the managers would hate them for it and yeah so even <laughs> i don't know if you consider this a dark pattern but I mean, I just but want to vent out. there. I mean, there's another yeah, angle sorry. too, right? Like, which is the this idea, and especially when you're talking about commerce, uh, that like your existing uh, clients or customers are gonna pay, be willing to pay more for our services, or like mm -hmm. are gonna be worth more. Um, so one example is, let's say you're a merchant and you're selling T-shirts, and uh, the way you acquire new customers is you uh, post ads on Facebook, and these ads cost you. I don't. I don't even know like what the standard like rate is, but let's say uh, ten dollars for someone who ends up buying something at your store, mm -hmm. and the the price that you charge is like I don't know like thirty bucks, so you make twenty bucks on top of that. Well, your existing customers, you're not really gonna have to um, to advertise for them again, right? Because they're they'll have been have bought something for you. They'll probably just like naturally come back to your store or be subscribed to your newsletter or something like that. Um, so these these customers are more valuable than the new customers because you have to pay more to get those new customers. Um, so if you're actually making it a shitty experience for the people who do use your your product, then they're not gonna come back. And like that's mm -hmm. that's the angle that most companies don't really think about. Like they're so focused on growth, and that's the Silicon Valley mentality of like we'll figure it out later, we'll figure it out out later, right? And just like more and more and more people. But there's also something to be said about retaining the people that you do have. And that's like one problem that, that Twitter has seen, right? That, that so many people tried Twitter but didn't see the value in it. So they stopped using it and they're never coming back. Um, so <laughs> all of that to say that like not using dark patterns, like I, I'm not saying this just because it's the right thing to do. 
I, I do think that like on the long term, it's the right business decision to do as well. Mm-hmm. That it's going to be more profitable for you to not use those dark patterns than to use them. Even though like for sure the short term is going to not be as, as effective, but over the long run, it's going to be worth it. But it's still very hard for that company to to associate the fact that they are losing old customers because they have annoying pop-ups. Like, they they can't see the direct relationship there, right? And like, or most people, maybe they know, but they don't want to admit it. Like, just the it's thing on top of another crappy thing, and that just adds up, and you find yourself like, well, you know what? Our whole experience is pretty bad. Uh, even though we got a lot of new customers, uh, so, yeah, but, uh, but I mean, I agree 100% what you said. Uh, it's still, again, m- maybe you should get better data. How do you get better data? <laughs> Send like a survey, uh, like a huge pop-up saying, hey, read your experience. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> the answer is not more data. It's not better data. I mean, like better data does help, but it's go out there, talk to users, see how they use your products. You need that like qualitative feel to, for, to know like what the experience is like, because that's a mm-hmm. super important part of like your product and how people are using it. And if you're, you only look at the data, you're not seeing the full picture. And that's why I think mm-hmm. like these, to me, like whenever I do projects, I always make sure that we have data folks involved, but also um, user research people that are involved and mm-hmm. helping us out. And like the, this, the data research plus kind of our vision, I find usually kind of like it gives, it gives us a good, like <laughs> a good middle <laughs> uh, when you put all of this together. Um, but that's why it's important. Like it, it's going back to optimizing for a single metric or a single like point of information, whether it be data, whether it be um, user research, whether it be our vision. Like you don't want to end up having like just one source. You want multiple sources. And I think that most designers, because well, because we do care about the experience and we we like things to be as painless and most direct experience possible, right? like the, with no clutter at all. So we usually just tend to naturally be against these dark patterns. And I would say most people are, if they care about the experience. Um, if you care about the metrics, then you're not. But I feel like it's our job to fight against this mm-hmm. uh, because it's pretty, like the easiest way, the, the easiest thing you could do is just say, all right, sure, I'll do it, right? I think we have to fight it. And you can't just say, oh, man, because it's not, it doesn't feel good, it doesn't look good, it doesn't something. You do have to really know your shit. <laughs> and kind of like this discussion we're having, like, look into it. You, if, if someone asks you to do something that you don't feel comfortable or you believe, like you truly believe that this is bad for the user and this could be, there's probably going to be some consequences, you should really look into it. Do your research. Look at examples maybe companies that fail or something and and bring that to the table like you have to argue your way through because if you're arguing against someone who only looks at data if you want to win that argument you have to bring your data 
because otherwise they have data on their side and they're gonna say, well, but if you do that, if you make that pop up, we do gonna have more emails for our newsletter, and that's a fact because that works. I think it's a pretty tough battle to, but I feel like we just can't give up. If we care, if you care about the product, if you don't and you don't feel comfortable doing that, yeah, just look for another job. You you will find it. <laughs> It's not, it's not a problem. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I, I think it's a battle we can have and we we can win those battles. Like there's it's just many, tough. Yeah. It's just tough. And I I mean, I empathize. Sometimes it's a battle that you don't want to fight right now because, you know, like especially when the stakes aren't as high. Let me give you an example. I don't I don't I don't think you could call this a dark pattern, but a long time ago. Or not, doesn't matter. So I, I was working on this. <laughs> so yesterday for <laughs> nah, uh, I was working for the design for this uh, our blog post, like our blog page, right? And have blog mm -hmm. posts, and at the end we were talking about uh, adding some share buttons, you know, to share on Twitter and Facebook and yeah. all that. And I was like, uh, I really don't want to add share button. It, it just looks, it doesn't look good to me it looks a bit it doesn't look classy you know and people most people have the share sheets in their browsers already so there's really no need mm -hmm. and of course there's the fight like no people actually do click on those things yeah and i'm like sure if they're there um of course people are gonna click on those things but because <laughs> if they're not of course they're not gonna click on them <laughs> but and it's like uh, and add a google plus share button and add all that because some people do click on them well yeah but maybe perhaps the people that don't click on them they're not gonna like to see that there but and, i mean like it, okay very... so <laughs> in that case I, i i would look at okay here's how many people look at this website here's how many people did share it on like let's say twitter and of like of these people here's how many use the buttons here right like and basically see like what percentage of the people who are sharing the article are using the buttons even like based on that like i honestly don't think that google plus would would make the cut there um but oh, but i i firmly believe that there are a lot of people out there a lot of companies that have a google plus share and their argument is you know what the last year last year we had five people clicking that button So someone is Gosh. clicking on that button, so we should have that. You should have that there. Yeah, but I mean, how do you? <laughs> I, I would argue that like having a cluttered page is gonna make less people want to use the website. Like there's, like there's different metrics that you can use, and like obviously, like that one button is not gonna be the the thing that like, makes your website like be terrible. And in fact, like I, I do think that in general, like those share buttons are providing values to value to users. Like t it, honestly, I, you'd be shocked by how many people don't know about the share sheets because <laughs> um, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I it's know. fairly abstract. Like a lot of people don't know about them. Um, mm -hmm. And if they're presented in a tasteful way, like I, I think they can serve the users. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, like... <laughs> No one has ever won any like argument by saying, but it doesn't look great. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. That, like that's not a good way to like have a like a good conversation with someone. Um, All right, that's not the argument I 
I gave. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, it's something like that. Like in that example, it's a yeah, battle that, that I, I really yeah, don't want to have. Yeah, I know you're just using this as an example, but um, yeah, it uh, just like as basically an advice to people, like go beyond the like initial reaction. Because as a designer, like so, sometimes you have this just this gut feeling. You're like, ah, oh, you know what? Like this just doesn't feel right. Um, mm -hmm. but try to dig in deeper into that, like try to understand why and like formulate reasons for why you think this isn't a good idea here. Um, and that, that ties back to, um, one thing I keep thinking about and that's the, this idea that product design is very similar to, um, like creating a world <laughs> in a way, like, or creating a, a game or something like that where you have to figure out the rules of the universe. <laughs> like, okay, like why, why do I feel like here in that like context, share buttons don't make sense uh, versus like why do I think that in other contexts they do make sense? Um, and you have to like ask yourself those hard questions to figure out okay, what, what, like, what do I really believe and what do I, I really think here? Um, and like once you get there that to, to that like fundamental like explanation and fundamental fundamental like rationale that's when you can have a discussion with other people and that's when you're going to be able to talk in a way that they they will be able to understand you and so that's why like whenever i'm arguing against dark patterns i'm not trying to say you should you should be doing the right thing for your users what I'm saying is that mm -hmm. I know you care about profit and I know you care about having a lot of users and I firmly believe that this is the way to do it in the long run. And to me, that's a much more powerful message that say like, oh yeah, you're not going to get in as, as many users, but at least it'll be the right thing to do. So yep. yeah. I agree. Uh, um, so one last thing before we move uh, away from that topic, this does happen to the best of us. Um, like sometimes sort of overly <laughs> like emphasize this, this idea that uh, in our minds, the thing we're working on is really good and we want as many people to use it. Um, and we kind of end up by accident creating this dark pattern. Um, so how, how would we like as an organization, like make sure that we don't fall for, for, for these things? And um, this reminded me of an article that I read last week, which seems to have been taken down since, but uh, there's, it's still uh, been like, cached by Google. So <laughs> I'll put a link in the show notes if you want to read it. It's a, pretty, like, it's a fairly short article and it's, it's pretty interesting. But basically it's this idea of uh, even overstatements. Um, and at first, it seems kind of clunky. <laughs> um, it's a bit hard to say, but um, basically, the the way they explain it is that in order to basically, you want to distill your strategy so that it's super easy for anyone on your team that if they're presented with a decision to make, that they'll be able to make the right decision. And um, so the way they, they recommend is even overstatements. And those are kind of like simple phrases that uh, your teams can, can use to be able to decide uh, between two different priorities when they kind of conflict. So the examples that they give is, for example, sustainability over profitability. 
uh, innovation over even over predictability. Uh, start teams even over star players. Taking a real br- uh, lunch break even over catching up on emails while you eat at your desk. Like simple things like that where you say, in that situation, here is kind of what you should optimize for. Um, and I think that's, that's a really so good. good, yeah, that's a really good way to, because another thing though, like I, I think that people, uh, like if you're working on a team, sometimes you don't know that like you have that freedom that you can say like, that a fair argument would be like, you know what, this is not going to be sustainable. Yes, it's going to be more pro- profitable, but it's not going to be sustainable. Like that's an okay that for people to know that that's an okay argument to have, like that's super powerful. And you mm-hmm. tell the people that work with you what you really care about. And once that's upfront, it's a lot easier to point to something and say when you're having no discussions, like we were talking before, say like, "Hey, you know what? This violates our principle here." Um, Boom. And like it gives designers and other team members the permission to speak up about those things. So I think this is a kind of a really cool way to do it. And if you're kind of like starting to lead a team, uh, that's kind of like one of the big parts is like, how do I make sure that my team can do just fine without me? Um, And basically what you're doing with this is handing them a playbook for how to make good decisions. I think that's that's a really good way to do it. I love that. I'm definitely going to bring this up to my company and just implement this because it, it's so it's such a mature and and smart way to do to resolve this some of these conflicts. And yeah. it just even if you're not like going to follow this 100%, just the exercise of coming up with these principles and these values just that is super it forces you to think to, about it right like what do you yeah, care think most about, about? It really what w- yeah exactly what is your company like what are your values what defines you uh what's gonna you know differentiate yourself from the competition what what kind of company are you and that's a pretty good exercise even just to to do on its own yeah so, totally i love that yeah I'm, I'm gonna do that too like we have some like company values and principles but I think the way that it's super clearly laid out uh, is is really nice. So yeah, I'm also and it's not just saying that. that like this. It's not just laying out the values. Is the values over something? Yes, else. Yes, exactly. That's the important part. Which is yeah, that's the important part. Is when you do have that conflict between two sides, which side prevails? Like that's also it's something that you know just having your company values. It's not enough for this situation yeah exactly because like of course you want like in an ideal world you want to get the thing that's going to give you the most growth that's going to make you the most money and that's going to be like the most user-friendly but uh, like it's not always possible yeah before we wrap this up so uh, well some context there was this uh a couple of articles on the interwebs about the uh, dual lens camera on the iphone 7 yeah right i mean that's a pretty uh it's a pretty solid rumor at this point but this article on cult of mac they kind of show you like side by side comparison as to what actually a dual camera lens picture looks like right yeah because i mean i've seen that i mean 
I've seen people saying dual camera and there's some rumors saying it's going to allow you to zoom uh, while retaining some the, the picture quality and stuff like that. And it's great. But when I saw these pictures side by side, it was like, holy crap moment. Like, huh. Yeah. That and it's kind of magic really cool. to me how this all works. <laughs> yeah. I still, I'm still not sure how this actually works. Oh, having two cameras, two lenses. Yeah. Actually... Uh, yeah. It anyway. just seems like it would be so error prone. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know. You're going to take these two pictures on like not the same level, right? Like they're not like one underneath one another or like they're not that right. close. And <laughs> they're going to take a picture and composite them together. And the two, the like craziest thing is that there are two different focal lenses, uh, fo a focal length. Right, uh, yeah. lenses, it's right? Kind of like the Lytro. Remember yeah, the Lytro so like camera? one is going to take a picture that's going to be much like closer, and the other one's going to be much further, and they're going to like compose those two things together to create one image. Like that just seems crazy. That is crazy. And so the tweet that I tweeted is like, <laughs> literally that day, I bought a DSLR camera. Uh, and when I saw this, I was like, oh my God, did I just wasted money? Like I bought this DSLR and next week the new iPhone is going to have basically like the same picture quality. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I just, I, I, I hope the camera is really good, but it's, it's not that good that my purchase was completely wasted. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean there, there are there are a couple of things that I feel like. By the way, I'm not a, a photography, a camera expert by any means. I really know nothing about this, um, but I feel like there are a couple of things that, at least in the near future, uh, I like phone cameras are not going to be able to trump over like a DSLR, like a, a, a proper camera. Let's call it like that. Uh, it's it just it's just physics, like. On a phone, on a tablet, whatever, those very small cameras, you have like a size constraint. You can't have a huge lens. That means you can't have a lot of light coming in. So I feel like the qualities, for example, the iPhone 6S camera is awesome. Like it takes crazy good pictures and video. Like even today, oh, I was yeah. with my DSLR and I was shooting a time lapse. And then because I was that camera is being used i took out my phone camera again after having been using my dslr and it was like oh my god this is really good quality but guess what i was like outside awesome lighting and <laughs> like i feel like at the moment there are two things that i believe it's going to take a couple of years to catch up with dslrs and stuff or if never yeah really, i mean I it's just never. like physically but, impossible right now at yeah. least. I, I like feel like there's two things. things. One is like low light things. Like you you have such a small lens that you can't get enough light to come in. So, you know, taking pictures or video in the dark, it's not even just yeah, dark. Yeah, I it's mean, it's just not as. But this bright, one, uh, though, like they're. I mean, couldn't they increase, just make the lenses bigger, which they might do with like this iPhone or like with having two two separate lenses, they're able to capture more light. I, yeah. I feel like that one might be possible. Yeah, I read I read somewhere, maybe it was in this article, maybe it was on, I have no idea. I read somewhere, uh, maybe it was Reddit or something, that just for the low light thing, if 
and I'm not saying this is possible. I'm just, it's just like a, a exercise. <laughs> uh, if you had like the whole back of your phone, the whole like metal frame, like Be get light, just light. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that would be an interesting I don't know design. How that... I'm sure Johnny mm. I would like it. Yeah. So, um, I guess that's also follow up. Like I bought a DSLR just to. <laughs> oh, I haven't finished my thought. The second thing is like wide angle lenses. If even if you have like you're taking a picture mm-hmm. of your phone, switch to video mode, yeah. and you're gonna see like a huge crop. Oh yeah, um, yeah. On the picture, uh, some of that is yeah, for that the image stabilization, I believe. But like, yeah, that's something that I. Uh, so I bought. If people are interested, no idea. I bought a um, Canon 750D, or as they call it in the US, Rebel T6i. <laughs> <laughs> It's so American. Like I, I, I watched some unboxing videos on YouTube. Camera names are just it's, so crazy. No, but like even the whole packaging, like the artwork and yeah, the, the graphics and the packaging uh-huh. for the American version is like action T6i, like graffiti type of thing. <laughs> and here, here is like nothing like that. It's like the professional uh, gamma, but just like cheaper. Anyway, right, it's the same camera. It's just the branding. I, I feel, I feel huh. it's funny. Um, Interesting. And it's like it's like a entry level DSLR uh, gamma from Canon. So I got that. I got a wide angle lens. I bought as well. Cool. I got a Rode microphone, a video mic go, and I got the Joby GorillaPod, mm. aka the Casey Neistat. Light enough to carry around because that that would be like my main concern. Uh, like when it comes to weight, or I guess you're working this camera, out the body. <laughs> the body is pretty light. <laughs> it's part of the reason. Hey, it's exercise. Um, yes. No, the body is pretty light. Uh, it's definitely not as heavy as um, the 70D or the 80D or the right. Like the yeah, okay. More expensive. So it's pretty light, but still, this whole rig, like it gets heavy after a while. <laughs> right. Um, it's. And the problem is not the weight; is just just the the footprint. It's like it's, this mm, thing is huge, right? And it's a camera; you can't just like throw it in the bag or in the backpack mm. or like clip it to your belt or something. That's yeah. Anyway, but I mean, like the quality on that like must be so much better than your phone. You'll be the judge. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Did you record a video with it already? Yeah, yeah, I haven't posted it yet. Okay. I'm probably going to do that tomorrow or the day after. All right. Uh, so maybe uh, this is something our listeners can do. Try to see. Oh, you know what you should do? Uh, well, I don't know if you've all edited all of it yet. But put like one shot in the vlog that is with your uh, iPhone. And we have to mm-hmm. find which one is shot with the iPhone and which <laughs> one is, is not. That's cool. Yeah, I might do that. I might do that. That'd be a cool test. Uh, see if we're able to tell. Yeah. Um, I feel like uh, for people who who don't like are not camera geeks and can't spot differences in all that, I feel like the um, two most obvious differences like camera quality because you know they're all like for I'm just talking about video they're all 1080p you have the same mm-hmm. amount of pixels I know right and I guess the big difference is like the the, the colors and the what's it called the the depth depth field of field thing yeah depth yeah that's. Like and and the the bouquet, 
bouquet book yeah yeah also that so yeah and like just going back to the iphone like i i don't think it's gonna have like amazing depth of field it's gonna be, mm -hmm. certainly be better than what we have now because like what's rumored is that um the like new lens like the second one is gonna mm -hmm. have a uh longer focal length so basically mm -hmm. let's say you were to use only that lens it would be more zoomed in than the one that you have right now which is a bit more wide angle and so because mm -hmm. of that uh if you bring uh like let's say take a uh, picture of a person um and you're using that lens then it's gonna like basically zoom everything in and so the background's gonna look further away Uh, and it's gonna be blurred, a bit, a bit more blurred actually. But uh, yeah. like the big limiting factor there is the sensor, because uh, on the iPhone it's a pretty small sensor. Um, so no matter what, like the bokeh is not gonna be amazing. But I mean, I think it, like we'll take any improvement we can get, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I just got a very expensive camera my best camera is still my phone because again that's it's with you every single time and it's right there uh, yeah. it's great so i yeah i mean that tweet was kind of like a funny tweet uh, but <laughs> yeah uh, i want the camera to be really good i just yeah <laughs> so but just to be sure <laughs> listeners we <laughs> recommend you wait until the apple event before buying yes the camera <laughs> yeah don't do that no just kidding uh, like honestly like there's no chance that this is going to compare to your camera all right uh before we go uh let's do some recommendations as usual uh i have two hell yeah today. cool i have one so that's like a bit different cool. than I, usually do. i win uh <laughs> my first recommendation <laughs> is an app uh it's not a new app you definitely heard of this before uh, it's called sleep cycle and is this app that will help you sleep better uh basically it's like an alarm clock but instead of you setting your time uh, to wake you up it's gonna it's gonna like analyze your sleep and you have like the, the the patterns like when you're full sleep or you're more awake so it's gonna find the best the ideal time to wake you up when you're most awake anytime it's, it's a great app and <laughs> it's kind of relevant because of my Uh, waking hours <laughs> your, um, yeah your weird sleeping habits these days yeah but the reason i'm recommending recommending re recommending <laughs> wow show title <laughs> recommendating uh <laughs> the reason i'm recommending this is that it is that right? it's like you're recommending, recommending? someone for a date <laughs> recommending <laughs> The reason why I bring this up today is just because I've used this a lot before and the reason you were uh, the way it worked uh, was you put your phone like on your mattress it's going to use accelerometer to to look for your like movement while you're sleeping and all and I just recently downloaded it again and it's completely different right now it's it uses the the microphone Uh, so you just set it on your nightstand it doesn't need to be on your mattress um, it works great even if you have Uh, like you're sleeping next to someone because uh, that would uh, mess up with the data before. And it has like white noise, so it's going to help you fall asleep. Of course, all of that data is going to be on your health app, which is pretty cool. So I was like, I was surprised as 
to all of the improvements that they made mm-hmm. uh, since the past I mean, like a year or two since I last tried it. Um, what are you doing with that data? I don't know like how recently you started using it, but I'm I'm curious like. Is there uh, like a right now? I'm not doing anything. But, okay, uh, it's data that I want to have. Right. Which, by the way, it ha- I hate that it doesn't get backed to iCloud, and I understand why because security. But like when I, I got like <laughs> Honestly, I updated like, the OS, I updated the OS of the Apple Watch for the beta. Had to do yeah. a restore. Guess what? All of that activity data is gone. Oh so, really? Yeah. Huh. It doesn't port I d- over. I didn't notice. First time I tried that was when I got the iPhone 6S. I already had an Apple Watch, and I had to repair it to the new phone. Yeah. That was before that update that allowed that allowed you to do that. So, in order for you to repair it, you had to restore it. So lost all that yeah. health. Data I mean, well. honestly, I just don't care about the privacy implications. Like, yeah, just I know. Store my damn information. I don't care. Like, someone can find out like when I'm sleeping, when I'm not. Like, sure, go ahead, have fun. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't mind. I don't know. Anyways, anyway, so that's it. Uh, oh wait, I have a second question. Because um, hmm. I like I haven't used it in a while, um, and the thing I was always scared of when I was using it is because you have to open up the app and leave it open while you're sleeping, mm-hmm. right? True. Um, like, oh, what happens if you forget it? <laughs> what do you mean you forget? If you forget to start it when you you go to bed. Oh well. <laughs> I because I was super scared of that. I was alarm. like, holy crap, what's gonna happen? And most of the time, I set like two alarms, so I had like that one first, and then had a second backup alarm. But just didn't yeah, I used that uh, new iOS 10 feature, the bedtime feature. So mm, you set okay. it. So, you just so I have like the backup, but because now I'm go- I'm using it also for the white noise machine thingy to help me fall asleep. Oh, okay, um, nice. Yeah, yeah. So it so like, it's it pretty hard for me to, to forget. Cool. Yeah, makes unless sense. I just like f- fall asleep, I crash somewhere. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> forget. But yeah. Anyway, uh, okay. Second recommendation is a video game. It's called Inside. It's out for PS4, Xbox One, and PC, I assume? I don't know. Um, and it's it's from the same studio that uh, made the game Limbo, which I don't know if you know about it. It's like a 2D nope. side-scrolling thing. It's awesome. Like, just look at some, some screenshots of Inside or Limbo. They're amazing, like the whole atmosphere. And anyway, uh, this is like a... It's, it's, the gameplay is very like Limbo, if you've played that. It's a... Um, this one is like a 3D-ish side-scrolling game, and it's like a three-hour-long game. That's the reason why I played it, because during this weekend, like, I finally was able to rest a bit. So I was like, this, this is it. This is the time. This is my moment. And it's like it's a very cool experience for you to, to have. If you're into video games, this is an indie game. Again, three-hour-long game. Nice. Um, it's not going to take up most of your life. Uh, <laughs> and it's gorgeous. The gameplay is super, like super straight to the point like it's very simple you don't need to be a gamer to play this it's literally like side scrolling you have like one or two buttons Mm -hmm. and it's amazing so it's a well here it was 20 euros so i'm assuming 20 bucks uh in the us so anyway i think it's uh pretty cool you should check it out nice 
Uh, so my recommendation this week <laughs> is a little bit different than the kinds of recommendations that we usually do, uh, and it's skydiving. Um, so I, I went skydiving recently, uh, and it was so much fun. <laughs> Honestly, like it was the best. It was on my bucket list for such a long time, and ah, I kept saying, so "Oh, I want to do this. Oh, I want to do this. Oh, I want to do this." But I never do it. I was like, you know what? This year I'm doing it. So I did it, and honestly, like it, it wasn't really scary at all. Like it, it was pretty straightforward. Like they really try to make you feel comfortable and everything, and the feeling was just was just awesome. <laughs> there is there is really no words to describe it. It's super awesome. So I would really encourage all of you to go, or <laughs> the the ones who want to do it, um, to. To do it like it's like just have that like final kind of like kick in the butt you should be doing it if you've ever said i want to go skydiving do it this year um you won't regret it <laughs> like it's it's the best it's so much fun uh and i really <laughs> want to do it on top of that as a bonus um it w- <laughs> i there was like kind of a link that we can make with our uh dark pattern conversation um, which was before you, you're able to jump, they give you kind of like this intro session in which they explain you what to do, how things work, um, and they make you sign this waiver, which has, like, I'm not even kidding, like probably 20 checkboxes <laughs> of like things you agree to. Um, and some of them are like, <laughs> I don't know, like some, some of them are like, you might die while like, doing this activity and you, you won't hold us responsible. <laughs> How reassuring. And Yeah, super reassuring. Um, not a super great user experience, but at the same time, they're like kind of pretty upfront with this. Um, but uh, the one that really like stuck out to me was um, they had one checkbox, which is uh, we might take pictures uh, while you're uh, skydiving or jumping, uh, and use them in marketing and ads. I was like, hmm. seriously, like, can I like not check this? Like, I'm yeah. not interested to be like in a giant ad for your company. No thanks. Um, and so the lady there was no opt out. Basically, but it's like an entire form, and basically the assumption is that right. you're going to check everything, right? Um, hmm. And so I asked like the like instructor person uh and she was like oh yeah you don't have to check it like you just you just won't be able to jump (laughs) so she's like (laughs) so if you don't want to jump feel free to not check it and i'm like seriously (laughs) so i that's like kind of got bullied into checking the box and it's like i (laughs) like it it's like pretty far from the city it's like an hour drive ish Mm -hmm. um and it's like I'm not just going to go home. <laughs> what do you want me to do? Uh, and so I had to check it. So yeah, this was That's kind of a, a, a real life dark pattern of like <laughs> <laughs> giving me the choice between uh, opting in or opting in. Cause otherwise like I wouldn't be able to jump at all. Um, yeah. So yeah, this is kind of like the and I re- one. That's also on my bucket list. I have to, I have to do it someday. Yeah. Highly recommend it. Yeah. It was so much fun. I'm, I'm totally going to do it again because it, it was really great. So uh, thanks, everyone, for, for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. 
Uh, if you have any comments or feedback, uh, let us know on Twitter at layoutfm. Uh, if you want to uh, see the show notes, they're at uh, layout.fm slash episodes slash 30. We also have a Slack channel on the spec network. Um, so for that, just go to spec.fm slash slack and you'll be able to join in. You'll be invited immediately. Uh, and yeah, we'll have a chat in there. Um, so again, thanks everyone for listening. If you see us on Designer News or Product Hunt, Please give us an upvote. That really helps other people discover the show. Uh, and the most people that listen to the show, the better. Uh, and yeah, thanks a lot. See you next week. See ya.